0: Hey there, Holics It's your host, Kinsey, bringing you another episode of one of our favorite segments, Missing Mondays. Missing Mondays was a segment that was created by Holly and I to keep missing persons' name and information in the media to aid in their return home the best that we can. Because at any given time, 90,000 people in the U.S. are missing. While some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. So on this episode of Missing Mondays, I will be bringing you the disappearance of Nicholas Barclay. <laughs> The disappearance of Nicholas Barclay is another one of those missing persons cases that has me kind of shocked, but this time it's for different reasons. Nicholas Barclay went missing on June 13th, 1994 from San Antonio, Texas. His date of birth is December 31st, 1980. As of right now, he'd be 35 years old. At the time of his disappearance, he was only 4 feet 8 inches tall and weighed 80 pounds. He is a white male with light brown hair and blue eyes. According to the True Crime Center, Nicholas Barclay lived with his parents and two older siblings in San Antonio, Texas. And according to his family, Nicholas was kind of a troubled kid. He was sometimes physically and verbally abusive to his mother, pretty bad. There was several times where law enforcement actually had to come to the home to get Nicholas to calm down. Not only was Nicholas a really troubled child in their home, he was also having major struggles outside of the home as well. According to his teachers, he would often threaten them with bodily harm. He was breaking and entering in places, stealing shoes and clothes from different convenience stores as well. On top of all this, Nicholas was also known to skip school very heavily, and the boy even had three different tattoos. And keep in mind that at the time of Nicholas's disappearance, he was only 13 years old, so he obviously was really struggling internally with himself on the day of june thirteenth, 1994 nicholas's mom had given him five dollars to go play basketball with his friends at a local park when he got to the park he hung out with his friends he played basketball for a few hours and he decided to go ahead and call his mom to let him know that he was ready to come home when nicholas called his home his older brother jason answered the phone and he said mom cannot come pick you up she's sleeping right now and Nicholas's mom worked nights, so she often slept during the day. So Jason said, I'm not waking her up. You're gonna have to go ahead and walk home. Unfortunately, Nicholas would never make it home, and the last people to see him alive was his friends at the park. Given that Nicholas was a troubled child and he had been in some trouble with the law, the day after he disappeared, he was scheduled to have a court date, and he was going to be sent to juvie. And so because he was a troubled child and he had a history of running away and that court date was coming up his parents really did not worry too much right away they kind of figured that he took off because of that court date and that he would eventually turn up Unfortunately, a couple days would go by and he still was nowhere to be found and that's when his family started to get worried because typically his friends would say, yeah, he's staying with so-and-so, but nothing was being heard of about Nicholas. So they went ahead and decided to turn to the police and file a police report. But given that the police were extremely familiar with Nicholas's behavior, they also too just assumed that Nicholas ran away because of his court date and that he was fine somewhere. So, you know, law enforcement really didn't search for Nicholas. They kind of just told his parents, look, he had that court date. He's really troubled. He has a history of running away. It is likely that Nicholas is holding up at somebody's house and he'll turn up soon. Which I kind of get to an extent, but given that he is a minor, they could have at least tried to find out which friend he was staying with just so they knew that he was alive and well and his parents could have some peace of mind. But unfortunately, a few months would go by, and there really was no search for Nicholas. That was until September of 1994, three months after Nicholas's initial disappearance. Jason got a call from a local person that was very familiar with Nicholas and said that they saw him breaking into their garage, but he got scared off and ran. So Jason calls law enforcement and gives him the tip. So law enforcement goes over to the home where Nicholas was supposedly seen. They did a really thorough search of the area, and Nicholas was gone. So for whatever reason, law enforcement just assumed that Jason was lying about the fact that it could have been Nicholas, even though the homeowner said, I know that was Nicholas. After the supposed sighting, law enforcement and Nicholas's family did search for him, but there really wasn't a big effort put into it. I wish I knew more on why, but I guess it really all just falls back to how troubled he was as a child, but as a minor, effort should have been put forth. For a while his mother and his brother Jason were actually suspects in his disappearance and his mom took two polygraph tests and passed them but ended up failing the third. But for whatever reason police just stopped looking into Jason and the mother and Nicholas's case ends up going cold until three years later when law enforcement gets a call that would break this case wide open. In October of 1997, a law enforcement actually ends up getting a phone call all the way from Linares, Spain. And that phone call came from a man who actually ran a youth shelter there in Spain. He says that he had this boy come in and he was in fact Nicholas Barclay. Law enforcement had this man describe the boy to law enforcement and he did in fact match Nicholas's description. So law enforcement calls Nicholas's family and they say we got a call from this man in Spain stating that Nicholas came into their youth shelter. Law enforcement continues to tell Nicholas's family that when this man called, he said that Nicholas ended up in their shelter because he was running from a child sex ring there in Spain. The man states that this boy, Nicholas, told him that he was running from a child sex ring that was organized by these huge politicians there in Spain and people that were very high ranking in the military. The man states that Nicholas told him that one day he finally just got the courage to run from this child sex ring and to seek help. So of course Nicholas's family getting this information three years later they are extremely excited so they end up sending Nicholas's older sister Carrie to Spain to be able to positively identify Nicholas. Before I go any further into what happens next, keep in mind that it's been three years. Nicholas was 13 when he left, so he's obviously has gone through puberty at this point. When you lose a child, I can only imagine how much trauma that you go through. And so when Carrie went over there, She saw Nicholas and she looked him over and she said, yes, this is my brother. After Carrie positively identifies this boy as Nicholas, him and Carrie start looking at old family photos because Nicholas says that he's having trouble remembering a lot of things. He says that he's been through a lot of trauma in the last three years, so he's blocked out a lot of things. And so he needs Carrie's help to remember all these memories. So they start looking at the photos And she's pointing out people and their grandparents and their brother and their parents. And after these two go through these family photos and she kind of helps jog his memory about some things, in order for Nicholas to be able to come back into the United States, he has to 100% prove that he is Nicholas. So they start showing him photos of his friends and family and he's asked all these questions. And law enforcement has said that Nicholas only misses one question that they asked but they chalked it up to the fact that he has been through extreme trauma and so they allow nicholas to come back into the united states with his identity after nicholas comes back to the united states he obviously goes back to his parents and they're extremely excited to see their son he's been missing for three years they've been extremely worried about him but one thing that really catches them right away is the fact that nicholas has an extremely thick French accent. Nicholas tells his family it's because he was sent to different places and while he was there he picked up a lot of French and he picked up the accent and it kind of just stuck to him. With Nicholas's parents being extremely happy that their son was home and having relief they really just let the French accent thing go. They just chalked it up to yeah he's been in different countries he's been through a lot of things so the French accent really wasn't that big of a deal to them. But as time went on, they started to notice that Nicholas really didn't know things that he should have known. Like, yes, he's been gone for three years. Yes, he's been through a lot of trauma, but those are memories that are extremely simple and he should not have forgotten them. And the other thing that really had his parents questioning everything was the fact that when Nicholas came back, he had brown eyes and when he left, he had blue eyes. So Nicholas was confronted about this and his story was that these people who were sex trafficking him burned his eyes with chemicals to change the color of his eyes so that way he would not be recognizable as i was researching i saw so many comments on this and they were basically like how in the world could you just not know that's not your kid and Again, like his parents went through probably so much trauma and heartache when their son disappeared, they were probably willing to believe everything that he was saying. But as the weeks turned to months, the Barclay family really started to feel like something was off. So they went to law enforcement and they said, look, I do not think that this boy who was brought back to our home is in fact our son. Law enforcement was a little reluctant to like think that was even possible but they did explain the situation further. And so, in order for law enforcement to be able to cross their T's, dot their I's, they said, let's go ahead and give Nicholas a blood test and let's get his fingerprints. So the Barclay family brings him in, they get his blood work done, they do his fingerprints, and lo and behold, the person that was brought back to them was not their son, Nicholas. It turns out that it was a 23-year-old man pretending to be Nicholas. 23-year-old man was, in fact, Frederick Pierre Waterden, and he was actually a known con artist there in France. Frederick ends up actually being charged and sentenced to six years for perjury and fraud, which six years does not seem like enough time for the fact that this man, completely impersonated a missing child, and then went to this child's home and was living with their family. This is why this case kills me so much for different reasons than our missing persons cases usually does because it's like, how can you be so evil that you can live with yourself for the fact that you impersonated somebody's missing child, getting their hopes up, moving into their home and letting them think that finally they have relief and finally their son is brought back home. I can't even begin to fathom the heartbreak that Nicholas's family had felt at this point. So very sadly for the Barclay family, Nicholas is still missing and he has never been found. Nicholas Barclay went missing on June 13, 1994 from San Antonio, Texas. His birth date is December thirty-first, 1980. As of right now, he'd be 35 years old. He is a white male with light brown hair and blue eyes and at the time of his disappearance, he was 4 feet 8 inches tall and 80 pounds. Nicholas has three tattoos. The letter T on his left hand between his thumb and forefinger, the letter J on his left shoulder, and the letters L and N on the outside of his left ankle. If you by chance have any information about the disappearance of Nicholas Barclay, please call 1-800-THE-LOST or one 1-800- 800 If you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join our Crimeholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram where we will have pictures of Nicholas when he was younger and his photos that have been progressed. Crimeholics, as always, be aware and take care.